Yeah, Corinder beat me to it. Boom. Here we are live. Welcome to the show, everybody. As always, I am your host, David Burroughs, and it's Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Corinder. We'll say hello to Corinder out there. And wherever you're watching from, please take the time to share your comments and say hello. Um, and even if you don't, we recognize that you're watching. Thank you for being here. If you do want to share your comments, uh, if you have questions for uh, our guests who are going to be here, you can uh, do that. Just make sure that you're watching directly from the show with David Burroughs page. And the reason I say that is you might be watching on one of our many affiliates who are broadcasting us throughout the world, including the United Kingdom. Uh, my friend Stephen Healy, who has the live video hub. Um, if you're watching there, you could be watching on the video show network, the talk show network, the radio show network. We're on, uh, what's it called? We're in South Africa, Australia. We're all over. So make sure if you want to be able to engage with us here on the show today that you click the link. See just above my horns there? <laughs> click that direct link so that we're uh, able to see. And we'll go to the comments right now. Corinder, hello, Corinder. Yes, welcome back. Says he's going to a media production show tomorrow. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. Barry's out there. Hello. Good afternoon. Good to see you again, Barry. And, uh, oh, you're not the top fan anymore. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to have to do some. What's the Radio Show Network? The Radio Show Network is another Facebook page called the Radio Show Network. And uh, you can see different things there as well. One of our hubs uh, that we promote other pages. They promote us. We promote them. It works pretty good, right? So thanks to you who are here right now. Barry was here earlier. Corinna was here earlier. As I do my show every Monday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern um, with my friend Stephen Healy, who lives in the United Kingdom. Uh, we had an interesting show today, actually. It turned out, well, we never have an agenda. As much as we talk about when we teach live streaming and stuff, we say you should have an agenda. We don't have an agenda for that one. Um, and... Uh, I informed Stephen that I am a ham radio operator, an amateur radio operator, not CB radio, as it's often confused with. Where did I put? I don't know. I got a little bit. Anyway, I have a, an app on here that allows me to talk uh, to uh, through different radio repeaters throughout the world. And I connected with a gentleman. Dom was his name. Uh, 2E0WHQ was his call sign and he lives about 15 miles from where steven is just down the road from stonehenge <laughs> and we were talking to him on the show today so anyway if you want to check that out that was a lot of fun uh you can check that out and uh that was well i guess that would be a few hours ago now right and here I am self-producing, trying to get something up here on the screen i didn't get myself ready anyway i hope you had uh i hope you've had a good weekend boy busy were you busy i don't know i was busy uh we're gonna talk starting a sting in a minute and uh was that the youth uh for hearts gala uh for, yes the youth for hearts I'm, can we start over somewhere i'm having trouble talking today the youth for hearts hearts for youth gala there you go i got it right for sarnia lampton rebound boy there's about 350 people uh in uh at the event and it was a lot of fun lots of money raised some really great silent auctions uh, i know we got some stuff jennifer and i were there we had a lot of fun and great to see so many people out there contributing to uh Serenity lampton rebound which is a fantastic organization and supports a lot of the youth uh here in in our community so that was great and then the Serenity spring oh yeah okay so corinder he was asking oh what was that sting fight about yes uh, I don't know what it was about. I wasn't out on the ice. <laughs> I don't want to be on the ice. Who knows why those things happen, but it did happen. Sam Bitten got in there against one of the players um, against Kitchener. And whew, yeah, we're going to come to that in just a few moments. But I hope you had a good uh, weekend and kept yourself busy. Uh, Mother Nature around with the snow and people were complaining about it. I was like, well, you know, we've had it pretty good. Like, I really don't know what you're complaining about because it's been pretty darn good around here. Um, and I'm looking again, it's, it's already sort of like one degree outside right now, which is not normal for this time of year. Um, as someone who likes to ride a motorcycle, not that I've been out in this, I'm okay with the way this, like Mother Nature can do whatever she wants, just so you know. So if you're complaining, uh, you live in southwestern Ontario. 
wait 30 minutes and the weather will change. All right. Um, so uh, we're going to get to the starting stand. Corinda, I don't know what happened with that fight, but um, I can imagine the frustration that was happening there with the Saturday Sting, and we're going to talk about the Saturday Sting. It's more than a game to them. Good thing. Um, and this is your Saturday Sting recap brought to you by Oswald's Diner. More than a diner. They're not just another diner. And Active Ears Hearing Center, where better hearing begins with you. Well, as you can see by those scores, it has been a tough season for the Saturday Sting. In the beginning, we could say it was a roller coaster of a ride, but then it's really – they were – they got off to a horrible start. They got off going and winning, and, and then it just hasn't been a good season. They're in last place now after this past weekend, um, which is frustrating, I'm sure, not just for the fans. The fans talk about it. We talk about it. But I'm sure it's got to be frustrating. Uh, Darian Hatcher talked with us post-game uh, after yesterday's loss. Yesterday, if you're watching live, Sunday's loss. Seven to nothing. Now they would play uh, on a positive note. They would play against the Windsor Spitfires, the Battle of the Four Hundred One. These two longtime rivals taking on each other. A very close game, but losing in a shootout. Yeah, overtime and then a shootout, five to four there. Then they would go back down to Windsor into the Windsor Spitfires territory, take them on, and win seven to four. And not only was it a win seven to four, it was a win for Jacob Perot. He would get his second hat trick of the season. And then several other great players came forward and turned it on to win that one seven to four. This is the example we're talking about where uh, you'll see Jay Peckham and myself, Jake Chersky, Danny Cochimilio, who joins me at the Sarnia Sting Games. This team has it in them to do it, but they just can't seem to get organized. They've had a lot of injuries over the season. Jamison Reese was off for six games for a suspension. Um, and uh, uh, Jacob Perot was off for a couple. Uh, Kelton Hatcher's been off. Like, he was off for a few weeks for an injury. He was back, and now he's off again. Like, it's just been a hard time for the, all the Lions uh, in the Sarnia Sting. So there you have it. That's uh, coming up uh, on Monday, which is family day here, uh, the 17th of February, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They'll take on the Flint Firebirds. Now, we did catch up with Darian Hatcher, and Darian Hatcher had some interesting things to talk about, and we're going to take you to that interview right now and his comments on his feeling about just where the Sarnia Sting's at. Take a look at this. I'll be back with more. Here post game with uh, head coach Darren Hatcher. Uh, Darren, you knew it was going to be a tough one. You had uh, Kitchener Rangers coming in, having not played yesterday. It's a hungry team over there. You guys, uh, two emotional games. I thought you guys played good against Windsor the last couple nights. Uh, it's a pretty good hockey team over there. Your thoughts on tonight's game? Well, yeah, they're they're a good hockey team, but uh, I think we did a lot to help them and nothing to help ourselves. And I, and I think that's what you saw out there. And your thoughts on the way you guys played? Again, uh, you get that power play in that first period. You don't get it, and then comes back the other way. Kitchener gets the power play. They score on theirs and just kind of gets off from there. Well, yeah, I mean, we, our power play has to be better. It's a bottom line. Uh, you know, we'll go back to the drawing board this week with it, made some changes on it. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it has to be better. You know, I went from a power play at the beginning, you know, the first half of the season, whatever it was, that was uh, really good to this last 10 games or, I don't know, maybe maybe a few 12 games that it's it's been bad. Going to that power play, you get guys, you get the suspension with Reese Perot for a couple games, uh, you get them finally all back together. Uh, you think it's a case where they're just uh, learning to click again or it's just not, uh, not coming together? Well, I... It's honestly, I, I think I think we're just starting to we're starting to play a little selfish hockey right now, and I think it's showing. Uh, I mean, it's, we're not sticking together as a as a team right now. We're we're pointing fingers, uh, you know, and that, that's what I'm most disappointed in. Obviously, you know, lost wins have been hard to come by lately, but especially at home. Is there anything that's been you know kind of probably guys you know let's get something at home and, and get one for the fans or. Well, you always want to win at home. I mean, uh, there, there's, you know, no question about that. I think, you know, even Friday night against Windsor, you lose in overtime. The week before that against Windsor, you lose in a shootout. Uh, 
You know, you always want to win at home, but uh, I mean, you know, we're, we're just trying to win hockey games right now, whether it's home or away. Now, I remember talking a couple years ago when the team was, sorry, I remember a couple years ago when the team was, you know, up in the top 10, really doing well, and you mentioned guys would come into the room after the game and they were looking at the standings and seeing where things were. Are they still doing that at, at this point in this season? Well, there's not. <laughs> I mean, we're in last place, right? You can't really, not a whole lot to look at right now. Uh, I mean, we're, we're all aware of where we're at. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, trying to get out of it. Checking the points and seeing, are they looking at the points and seeing what they need to kind of get back up to that? Oh, yeah, no, we all know what we need to do. You know, we're 11 points behind. Yeah, 11. And, uh, you know, uh, you know we, we know where we're at. It's just, you know, it's just always not that easy knowing where you're at, right? You got to get out of it. All right, well, there you have Darian Hatcher, the head coach and owner of the Cernia Sting in there. You can see, you can, it's pretty obvious the frustration that he's having as well as a coach. Obviously, nobody wants to go out there and not win. They're there to win for a reason, but to have such a frustrating season. Uh, one thing about Darian Hatcher that I've learned over the five years of being involved down with post game with the Cernia Sting is, uh, and all the coaches, quite honestly, uh, call it like it is. He's saying that he's disappointed. He's saying that they're pointing fingers at each other, and that's not what we need to be doing. And, he, and that's a disappointment. Um, and we got to figure a way to get out of this thing. You know, are we looking at the points? Really, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> We're in last place, so we need to look up. So we'll see what happens. See, there is still some time for them to turn it around to make it into the playoffs. But that window of opportunity is closing rapidly. They'll have some more chances coming into next week. As I mentioned, they'll take on the Flint Firebirds, another tough team, as Windsor was, as Kitchener was, and now coming into Flint Firebirds, who's been able to turn their team around compared to last year. But uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully you can join us. I will be there live once again from the concourse. We'll be doing some other special things with the Serenity Sting coming up over the next few weeks as well. So keep an eye on our Facebook page for that. And uh, join us out there for Family Day. Hopefully, once again, the Serenity Sting can turn things around. We'll see what happens there. Once again, that Serenity Sting recap brought to you by Oswald's Diner, not just another diner, an Active Ears Hearing Center here in Serenity, where better hearing begins with you. All right, well, let's talk about uh, some other cool things that are coming up in our community before we get to our first guest, David Brown from the United Ways, coming up here in just a few moments. But we wanted to remind you about Sarnia Sings, Volume 4, brought to you by Royal Page Key Realty. Adam Dumont, this is his brainchild, if you will, got things started a few years ago, supporting mental health and suicide awareness. And it'll happen again at the Imperial Theatre on Wednesday, April the 22nd. Last week, auditions were held at the Royal Page Key Realty Building. I was there along with Adam and some judges, and we had two days of auditions. First time we've done auditions for Sarnia Sings, and wow, some amazing singers and some really other uh, interests. You won't believe who showed up when we get to tell you. So keep an eye on that for the Imperial Theatre uh, at imperialtheater.net. For a chance to get tickets for that, they will be going on sale over the next couple of weeks, and we'll be announcing we'll be announcing who the singers are uh, by the mid February. All right, and they're they just they won't let me get away from doing karaoke nights once in a while. They I try to get out, they pull me back in. So we're going to be doing a karaoke night at McCarthy's Southside Grill coming up on February the twenty second. Marty said, "David, you got to come back." I was there around Christmas time, and uh, for us older folks. That don't stay up as late as we used to. Um, we started early. Starts at eight o'clock and finishes around midnight, unless they were having a really good time. Then last time we went a little past midnight. So we hope you join us for that. Save the date, Saturday, February 22nd. Come on down, join me for some karaoke fun. And even if you don't sing, we need people to be in the audience and clap, and they've got great food and stuff down there as well. So hope you can join us once again, February 22nd. Past Delicious is coming to the Donnie Club in support of the Kidney Foundation. We mentioned it last week, but this is another great local organization, the Kidney Foundation, looking for your support on February the 28th, two seatings, 11.30 and 12.30. I think I'm going to make the 12.30 and uh, tickets $15 for that and lots of great sponsors in there. All this uh, available online, of course, and we'll post all the links to all these great events happening in our community uh, after the show, so keep an eye out for that. And we want to remind you for our friends uh, at Snapshots Photo Booth, still time to get your Valentine's mini sessions. I know 
Uh, Jennifer and I are going to get ours done on Wednesday. So we're excited for that as well. And uh, you can reach out to them there. There's their phone number on the screen, only $49.95 to go and have some fun with Dana and Chad, their new business, Snapshots Photo Booth. Go say hello and check them out. And a reminder as well, once again, that Matilda is coming to the Imperial Theater, the St. Patrick's Secondary School. We had some of the cast members and people involved in that uh, on the show last week. It's February 27th, 28th, and 29th at the Imperial Theater. And again, tickets on sale for that right now. You can go into imperialtheater.net to get all your tickets for that. All right, well, we're going to go out uh, to the first part of our community, our friend Dave Brown. We haven't seen him in a little bit, and he says he's in the studio and just ready and roaring to go, coming in right now. Dave, how are you? Wonderful, thanks. How are you? Good to see you. I'm doing great. Good to have you back. I feel we broke up for a little while. <laughs> it's always a pleasure being on the show. Uh, and you're right, I don't think I've been on since uh, December. Yeah, it took a bit of a break there. Well, you got to, you know, you got to take a little break from each other and uh, get some holidays going on in there, right? Did you did you have a good holiday and stuff? I don't think I've really even seen you. No, no, I, I've been been flying under the radar, I guess, uh, lately. Uh, I had a great Christmas uh, and uh, New Year's, uh, safe, saw a lot of family, uh, and I hope you did as well. Yeah, I know it was busy, busy time for sure, and uh, I'm always ready. You know, I find the holidays interesting. It's like, oh, I can't wait for the holidays to get here, but then I'm kind of glad when it's over too. It's like kind of get back into the swing of things again as well. That's right. When I find when I take my tree down, I've got so much room. It's like I built an addition. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's just so much more space, uh, which is kind of nice. It's like a change. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I guess, uh, uh, but no breaks for the United Way, right? You guys got to keep going. You got a, a small break maybe over the holiday, but right. uh, you're really just roaring to go again here. Well, especially this year, because as you know, we hadn't quite reached our needs target uh, prior to Christmas. Uh, yeah. So it took us counting the, the checks in the mail and the online donations uh, the first couple of days back in January to realize that we had just exceeded that $1.9 million needs target by uh, just over $4,000. So as you know, we're extremely grateful to the community and your viewers and everybody who, yeah. who supported the United Way in 2019. Well, that's got to be uh, a little uh, like frustrating or nerve-wracking, or there's probably a few feelings going on there <laughs> when, you're, when you're, well, you know what I mean? Because you're used to certain targets, uh, and I'm right. sure your target's typically based on previous years. Uh, as well as uh, rising costs, and you try to find that 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 middle balance. And then when you're coming up, you're like, "Ooh, what do you think that? How? Why do you think that's happening?" Well, I mean, you're right. To your point, it's uh, it's not really a science, but you take into account a lot of factors, including last year's, including uh, uh, the agency needs and and the changing demographics. Um, plus, we talk to a lot of people about what realistically do we think we can raise merged with uh, what do we need. And so that's why we ended up with that needs target last year as opposed to a goal. And, uh, you know, the campaign was a tough campaign. It's always difficult those years. We have a federal or provincial or even a municipal election. A lot of people are focused on, mm -hmm. on election news. Uh, you know, we've had a little bit of turnover uh, in the community. I think there's a lot of optimists going into 2020 with the whole Nova expansion and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, some new stores coming in at the mall. Uh, so, I, you know, we're hopeful that uh, that this year will go well also. Um, but it's it was worrisome. I, I wouldn't say frustrating. It was worrisome last year. Yeah, okay. It's such a relief to reach, to reach that needs target. And, I, you know, I've always said I don't really care when we reach it as long as we did. And, and yes, last year was, uh, was a case in point. Yeah, well, congratulations on making it there. Um, and, you know, I know we talk a lot about the same things uh, regularly here. We always put some new stuff in it. But uh, I, I want people to understand one of the reasons that we have United Way here on a monthly basis is to, A, to try to keep it fresh in people's minds, right? how it really works with United Way and, and the accountability. We'll talk about that and how decisions are made. We'll get into that. Um, but, uh, some really important things is that the money stays local and right. not at all government funded. 
Hey, you're absolutely right, David. Uh, it's very local. We've got 15 local volunteer board of directors. They're the ones that decide our policies, our budgets, who we fund, how much we fund, et cetera. And, you know, we fund, I think, three or four of the same agencies that they do in Chatham-Kent. But of all the programs that we fund and all the programs they fund, as an example, there's only two that are the same. And that's best set up so that they could best meet the needs in their community, our United Way best meets the needs in our community. And the same is true all across Canada, all across North America, and all across the world. As you know, we've talked in other shows that there are United Ways all over the world, uh, including two of the four largest donors are in Seoul, Korea, supporting that yeah. community's United Way. Yeah. And this United Way is uh, one of the few or one of the only that's a part of uh, Better Business. Is that right? Absolutely. And that's something that we're very proud of. We're the only yeah. United Way in Canada to be members of the Better Business Bureau. And in our view, that's third party validation that people's contributions are going where they should. And our board believes that uh, that, that should be to the, the member agencies and to those 36 programs and services. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you should be proud of that for sure. Um the decisions are are uh, tough to make on on uh, programs. I'm sure you get lots of people knocking. I mean, because people like money, <laughs> so I'm sure lots of people are knocking on the United Way's door. Um, right. And I well, let me rephrase that. I think a lot of people are knocking on your door, but let's make it clear to people and help them understand that Dave Brown doesn't make these decisions. There's a process. And there's a board of directors that makes these decisions. Absolutely. In fact, it's a three-step lengthy uh, process. Uh, we fund our, our 18 agencies, 36 programs and services, uh, on a three-year funding cycle. Uh, so that means the third year of this year's funding cycle will be taken up in looking at how we're going to distribute the funds for the next three years. And that takes mm -hmm. place, uh, that's about 10 months that whole process and three yeah. separate groups of volunteers with the board of directors having the final decision. And of course, we also have our venture grant program, which is another program that I love. Uh, it's for one year short-term funding, uh, but limited dollars, $30,000 maximum grant. And this year, I think we've only got about $80,000 available for that program. That too is, uh, is a two-step volunteer program. Uh, that takes about two months to uh, from start to finish. So it's uh, it's not an easy process. Uh, I'm really proud of the decisions that the volunteers and the board of directors make, and um, you know it really does meet the needs I think of of our community. When you talk about the the, the process, you know, and it's a, you, you, you say it's not an easy process. Um, I, I think it's important. I think sometimes people want it too easy. Like, oh well, right. I got a really great idea, and this is. Or maybe they've already come out and decided they obviously think they have something that's really needed and important. Right. Um, but that isn't always that isn't always the prior that that isn't always the reason for like what I think is important and what United Way uh, feels is important could be two different things, right? Right. Talk about the uh, the philosophy uh, of the United Way, and I guess in particular the United Way here in Sarnia Lambton. And, sure. and what kind of variables affect that decision? Absolutely. Um, as you know, 39% uh, of our funding goes to youth programs, 31% to families, and 30% for seniors. But it's not enough to just have youth programs and family programs and seniors programs. Specifically with our youth programs, we want programs that are going to keep kids in school, doing better in school, and out of conflict with the law. So you can imagine there's many, many different kinds of youth programs. There could be athletics, there could be drama, there could be, uh, you name it. But we wanna focus on those specific pillars. Uh, same thing with our, our uh, seniors programming. There are many, many seniors programming uh, that's needed in our community, but we're specifically focused on keeping seniors safe, healthy, and in their own homes for as long as possible. And that includes reducing falls and reducing hospital visits, et cetera. So number one, your program has to be one of those three focused, but it yeah. also has to be even more focused on specifically those, those pillars inside those priorities. And then once you have that, David, each program has to be measurable. And for our own um, 36 programs and services that get three-year funding, they have to have at least three measures so that we know that those programs are effective uh, and that we're saving the community money and it's a better quality of life for their clients. When I first yeah. started in the mid-1980s, uh, we strictly what we call deficit funded. 
So an agency will come to us and say, we want to provide a bunch of programs. Uh, it's going to cost us $100,000, but we can get $70,000 from the government, $10,000 from Mingos. So we need $20,000 from United Way. So we, we funded that deficit. Then in the 90s, in the early 2000s, we changed that to program funding. So we said, yeah, okay, we know we've got 36, uh, 18 agencies. But tell us about the 36 programs that we're actually funding so we can be more specific on exactly where is our money going so that we can relay that information to donors because donors are becoming more and more sophisticated and more and more yes. interested in exactly where their money is going. So then uh, some 10 years later, uh, we started what we call outcome funding. So we want to know, okay, well, what exactly is the outcomes? So in the case of the Red Cross, initially we funded the Red Cross. We knew some of that money went to transportation and uh, Meals on Wheels. So then we wanted to focus more on those particular two programs. Now we know that uh, something like over 80 or 85% of the people who get the Meals on Wheels report overall better health, uh, both emotionally and physically because of the okay. volunteer delivering the nutritious meals. And so we can break it down as to what the actual impact is for the client, the client's family and the community at large. Wow. I don't know. Uh, impact there. No, but it's, it, it, but it's important, right? You know, because uh, like I say, I think, you know, obviously you, you can't take care of everybody, right. but uh, the United way has to work really hard at, uh, being fair and, and making sure that it has the largest impact on the community where the United Way is, I guess. is that the, Absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and that thing. impact has got to be measurable. So we have to know that seniors are feeling better, that they're yeah. seeing their doctor less often, that they're not going to the emergency wards as often as they used to. And so we're doing that by providing transportation to life labs or to doctor's appointments on a regular basis to prevent those emergency situations. We know that we're keeping them in their own homes for as long as possible, rather than having to move them to assisted living uh, or maybe with, with, uh, with others. So it's, right. you're right, it's very important. Um, but for those three pe people, um, people would tell us, oh, well, you know, I don't have any kids, youth programs aren't that important. Well, if our programs are, are keeping them in school, then that's better for our economy. Uh, if we're keeping them out of conflict with the law, then that's better for our insurance premiums and, and for our, our quality of life. So there's really, there is an impact, whether you have kids or not, or whether you have seniors living with you or not. And it's the United Way volunteers that break that down to ensure that we do have a better quality of life, while at the same time, maybe saving healthcare dollars or saving education dollars, that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow, that's there's a lot going on there with the United Way, and for uh, you know you've got your board of directors, but then you've just got your your tiny little team doing right. huge things though in Cerny Lampton. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's just five of us, including myself, which is small for a United Way our size. Uh, but we also run the United Way Future Fund. And I know that's something we've talked about in past years, uh, past yeah. shows. Uh, and that's where people would donate planned gifts. Uh, gifts maybe part of their life insurance or part of their will or, or oh, yeah, stocks right. and bonds and whatnot. And that funding goes into our future fund, whereby we don't touch the principal. Instead, three and a half percent of that each and every year is applied directly to agency funding. What that does is that helps keep that funding available for agencies on a sustainable level, but also helps reduce our overall costs because that money, and, and last year that worked out to $85,000 directly wow. from the future fund right into agencies, right into the programs and services, uh, which costs nothing to raise. You know, we don't have, we yeah. don't receive that. We don't have to go out and flip burgers to raise that. It's <laughs> automatic. And so that keeps, that's, that's a key piece of our strategy to keep costs low and to keep the dollars coming in for agency use. Well, that's good. To, I think for uh, people to understand because uh, um, a lot of times it's, this is going on, right? Right. Putting the hands out and saying, you know, please give me money, which you have to do. I get you have sure. to do that. But when I think when people hear that uh, the United Way is taking what's coming in and then reapplying it back into, I know they do investments to make sure, right. you know, they're, they're not just going back out every year and say, okay, we need money again. Please give again, give again. They're making the money work for exactly. uh, for the for the programs as well. And that's fantastic. Thanks. Let's uh, speaking of uh, some charity stuff. I got to get moving on here shortly. But you've got a charity takeover to support the United Way coming up uh, in on Wednesday in in March, right? 
Wednesday, March 4th, we're partnering and we're proud to partner with uh, the Refined Fool uh, again at the London Road location from 3 p.m. until uh, midnight on Wednesday, March the 4th. Uh, they're donating 30% of all sales. That includes yeah. food and merchandising, uh, all towards the United Way. Plus, we'll have a 50-50 raffle there. And last year, we raised just under $1,000 for that one night. So we're grateful to the Refined Fool and all of their loyal customers. Oh, yeah. We're hoping as many of them as possible will come out on that uh, Wednesday, March 4th, uh, yep. maybe after uh, a hockey game or, or whatever. Come on out. Bring the family. Uh, and support the United Way and a local business at the same time. Yeah, that's, I mean, 15% of sales, that's a that's a lot. And that's fantastic that, uh, I know the Refined Fool does that for many charities. So it's great that they're welcoming that. Yes. And uh, and uh, they have good beer. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just going to say it. Pretty good too. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, Burger <laughs> Rebellion in there as well. Right. Um, is there anything else? I know you had sent me something else. I wanted to make sure you got something coming up uh, this uh, when, week. Well, Wednesday night, we've got uh, some information on our plan giving program. And specifically, there's uh, a lot of misconceptions about how to donate stock to uh, organizations like the United Way and other registered charities uh, and the tax advantages of donating through your will and through life insurance and whatnot. So we're having a session. We're partnering with IG Wealth Management uh, at the Sarnia Public Library at 6.30 on Wednesday night just to talk about those kinds of things. There's no sales pitch. There's no pressure. There's no nothing except some free um, hors d'oeuvres and, and beverages uh, to come on out and learn how to do that and, and how that might make sense for you. And, and we've got, I think, uh, a number of United Way volunteers and donors uh, who've been donors for many, many years who are interested in yeah. donating stock instead of cash and realizing just what a, what a great tax incentive that is and how lucrative it can be for organizations like the United Way. So just call the, the United Way office at 519 336-5452. If you and a friend or a bunch of friends want to come out, uh, we'd love to see you. Yeah, well, and what a, another great way to get people out and, and, and get them some information on. I get It's really nice to have options, I guess, for people, right? Right. Because um, I know you have the uh, the employee payroll program as well that, that people can sign up for, or their companies and businesses can sign up for. You've mm -hmm. got uh, ways to make donations online. Um, and people can can walk right into the office and see you down there at uh, the new office, I guess, on Lampton Mall Road as well. Absolutely. We'd love to see people come in and, and see the operation and meet the staff. Uh, and uh, and then they'll see firsthand that we really are local, that we're right here. We're not some post office box somewhere. Uh, we're yeah. right here and uh, we want to talk to people and, and maybe hear some of their ideas. One of the great things uh, I like about the United Way's website, which I have up on the screen right now, is it's very detailed uh, about everything. Like a lot of work went into that website and it lists all the agencies that United Way supports. All of the agencies and what programs specifically fund and, and by how much. In fact, I think right on the front page, we have a listing of all of our programs uh, and how much on an annual basis uh, they're getting. And very soon, our uh, the results of our 2019 financial audit uh, right. will be made public and will be posted both in summary form and in full form. Uh, as have many of the past number of years on that website. So I appreciate your kind words. And we're all about transparency, as you know, David. And yeah. uh, uh, we want people to know as much as they possibly can about the United Way of Stony Lampton. Very good. Dave, always great to have you here. Is there, uh, if, did I forget anything? Is there anything else you want to put out before I let you go? I think as usual, I think we covered all bases. I look forward to coming back again uh, next month and talking to you and your viewers about the United Way and, and some of the things that we're doing here. For sure. Dave, thanks so much. And uh, you and I, we got to do coffee soon. For sure. Absolutely. All right. Take care, Dave. Thank you very much. Our friend Dave Brown, Executive Director from United Way, Sarnia Lampton, joining us here again today. Always wonderful to have him by. Uh, so much great information. As I said earlier in the interview, that's one of the reasons that I like having the United Way back here on a regular basis is so that uh, you know, because you might have heard this that time and you missed that that time. There's so much that United Way is doing to make sure that uh, 
well, there's a positive impact on the community and that they're maximizing the dollars that are coming in from the community, uh, not just from community members, but corporations and businesses as well. And as Dave said, I know they're very, very grateful. And uh, shout out to him and his small team uh, for making great things happen here in Serenity Lampton. As David said, he will be back. And make sure you check our Facebook page after the show is over so that you can learn more about the United Way. We'll be posting those interviews there. All right. Well, moving on next, vroom, vroom, racing. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think NASCAR is getting ready to start. Um, I think my friend Kelly told me that uh, Formula One is starting next weekend are you a race car fan are you just a racer do you just like loud motors and engines well you've heard me talk about the western ontario outlaws that are here in uh, sarnia lampton but out in petrolia um if you didn't see my son jason and i actually raced against each other and we were live streaming the races we'll be live streaming the races again but we've got some champions around here and ryan kerr is his name and ryan kerr is a champion in lawnmower racing that's right lawnmower racing is huge in the united states and it's becoming very well known uh in the uh Canadian market in Ontario, thanks to folks like Ryan Kerr and others of the Western Ontario Outlaws Association and group. And we caught up with Ryan Kerr in his shop. And we're going to take you to that out of the community, talking with racing champion Ryan Kerr. Take a look at this, and then I'll be back with some more. You know, we got some racing going on around these parts, and we're out in these parts of Petrolia right now. And, you know, I've had some uh, conversations. You've heard me talk about lawn tractor or lawnmower racing. We've got some champions around here, and one of them right now is Ryan Kerr. Thanks for being here, Ryan. Oh, thank you. Let's back up a little bit more, actually, before the, the lawn tractor racing. You've, you've really gone all over with this, and, and uh, you're, you're brag a little bit. You're a USA <laughs> champion. Uh, I started out racing carts actually which, yeah. which made it easy to uh, get into the uh, lawnmowers i started racing carts when i was about 11 i guess and uh, i got into building engines and things like that i was um building three engines a week at 13. <laughs> wow and, uh, like for different uh, cart racers and yeah. things like that but um yeah so i i, I kind of grew up in the garage my dad was a mechanic yeah. and uh spent all my time in the in the shop this comes, uh, I was going to say, you come by this honestly, because your, your father, Gary, uh, he, he was involved with Delaware, I believe. Yeah, well, yeah, I had a compact car, started out with the uh, the hobby cars, like the yeah. old coupes and things like that, and uh, my grandfather was also a mechanic. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's, it's it kind of... gets passed on. It, it did, yeah, I got, uh, I was kind of born into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you've, uh, you've done some uh, drag racing as well, is that right? Yep. Um, when I got my license, I was still racing carts up to about um, the age of 16, maybe, and then I, you know, kind of got into the uh, drag racing a little bit. And okay. A little, you know, had a Mustang. Nice. Uh, we'd race on Friday nights, and then I kind of got worse from there. Um, kind of got worse from there. <laughs> yeah, turbochargers and the whole bit. Uh, yeah. I just got faster and faster. Yeah. Uh, then we got into um, a full chassis car. I had a Tot Sportsman car in in '98. Uh, it was a brand new Mustang. Wow. Uh, alcohol injected. It was uh, pretty cool for a you know <laughs> a 23 year old kid. Who yeah, was, absolutely. You know, something else, but. And you've been able to turn this into, uh, this isn't a hobby for you, you turned this into a profession, actually. That's right, yeah. I uh, The main thing I do is cylinder heads. Um, so I, I pour heads all day, bigger valves, I have flow bench, and uh, I ship them all over Canada, all over the U.S., and I've shipped them to, uh, geez, as far as Australia. Wow. So you've obviously established some uh, great relationships uh, through, you know, the racing world. And uh, that's that's been able to help you with your. Oh business. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, I got connections pretty well everywhere, like uh, all across Canada and the U.S. And like there's guys that um, in Germany that actually it's lawnmower racing, but they know kind of who we are. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. Like we get uh, birthday wishes. It, it's on Facebook there. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, from right. All over the world. It's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, before we started the camera here. You were talking about how you've actually traveled like state to state uh, to do this. Yep. In uh, 2012, uh, we decided we were going to run nationally with the uh, USLMRA, and 
every well not every weekend but just about every weekend we're in a in a different state racing with uh different guys different machines um uh, different tracks uh it was, it was kind of cool just to see everything and i think uh the way they had it set up you i think you had to run maybe eight or nine races out of i can't remember maybe 16 or something okay like that. all right and uh i think i won all of them but two possibly uh, but then we end up winning the uh, national championship, which was in Ohio or Mohio, they would call it. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's but, cool. Uh, yeah, it was that was uh, that was pretty cool. It was it was a lot of effort. Sure. Uh, sure. Traveling around and just you know just the travel of time and yeah, yeah. it really kind of wears you down. But um, it was well worth it in the end. And yeah. You must being, have. You, sorry, you must have had a lot of support behind you. I, I did. Yeah. Um, at that point. Um, I was actually helping out the USLM race, so they would pay for your gas and maybe hotels and things like that. Otherwise, uh, you know, it'd be impossible for, sure. for myself to do it. I was yeah. getting tires from Hoosier Tire. Um, you know, the body and, and paint work was uh, all covered. Uh, engines were covered. Yeah. Uh, so it, it really, really helped out. Yeah. Sponsorships, uh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Are, are big, big key factor in this world. Right? Well, at, at that point, uh, traveling that much, it, it was everything. Sponsorship was everything. Yeah. Just, when did when did you rest? <laughs> uh, not that year, 2013. Yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's right. Now moving forward here, we're out in your shop in Petrolia, and uh, uh, we probably should mention this one beside her. Corey would be mad at me for not mentioning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is um, this is a woo. Uh, going, it was a mod, but it's going to be a super mod for this year of uh, Corey LaPointe. So. Yeah. Uh, we're just uh, building a new engine. He for needs it. to go faster, does he? Because he was already winning. <laughs> yeah, he needs to go faster. Well, he's he's gonna have to have some power to step up to step the next class. Yeah, right. and we're converting it over. It was a uh, Kohler Command, uh, physically larger engine. Yeah, yeah. We're putting a smaller uh, Briggs Vanguard in it. They're a little, maybe a little higher revving, lighter weight. Okay. Right. Yeah, a little easier to work with. And when we say woo, just uh, to come back, you've heard me talk about it on the show. We're talking about the Western Ontario Outlaws Club that's uh, just here on uh, what line? Uh, Highway 21. Yeah, 21. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's our home track. Yeah, we do a lot of traveling around uh, different fairs and things like that just to kind of, uh, you know, pay the rent. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, they've been to the Brigden Fair and yep. traveled around to some other fairs yep. as well. Yeah, and we have a few new ones this year too, still in the works. Okay. Um, we'll see what the schedule, what we have there, but um, working on new venues all the time. Yeah, be nice to see. Uh, um, uh, well, one of the, and one of the reasons we're talking to you is is that I had conversation with some of the folks from Woo, and they mentioned your name, and I was like, oh, well, we got to talk to this fella. Yeah. and uh, get some more attention to this sport that's around here because it seems to be uh, a getting more attention but it really needs to grow we need to get yeah. people to come out to petrolia right. here and watch the races yeah the, you'd be surprised there'd be people in petrolia that that never knew that we were racing out there yeah, for it, five years now yeah it's <laughs> such a uh, a great facility and uh yeah people just don't know they just people are kind of busy in their lives and yeah but uh there's a lot going on there it's a really good show and uh yeah getting more people out would be would be great yeah what would you say to somebody like you know, uh, you know, being a, a race car driver, uh, and and then doing what you're doing now? Like that's almost a bit of a dream thing, you know, to say like, hey, mom, I want to be a rock star. Oh, okay, but uh, how did you pursue all of this? What what made you say, no, this is my thing, and I got to do this? Um, well, like I said, my my dad was kind of into the racing. I was at the racetrack when I was, uh, you know, six months old. Yeah. And uh, I just, that's kind of what I want to do. I just watched it happen because I, I have a 15-year-old uh, son at home. Okay. And he's driving that machine okay. there. Okay, so he's following Dad's footsteps too? I didn't have to do anything. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, really good uh, really good driver. Yeah. Sacrifices along the way and, and you know, that's that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. There are some sacrifices for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's uh, I wouldn't trade it in for anything else. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's a learning experience. I, I love to learn. Like uh, when you're working on things and you, you know, there's, there's so much to learn. I just love to Constantly, learn. Yeah, yeah. The engine stuff and and uh, you know carburetors and we'll try this and see what it does. And that's the best part is just the education you get out of it. Yeah. Out of that particular. Uh, Probably changes a lot too. I would imagine just even with technology being the way it is does that have an effect on this as well? yeah actually um you'd be surprised uh just in these lawnmowers like some of the higher classes outlaw they'll have uh you know 
they'll use brakes from the aircraft industry and uh, motorcycle, uh, ATV. Um, you know, there's it borrows just about everything that it can from from anywhere. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of technology. I mean, it's it's getting serious. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Are we going to see you racing back out of the Western Ontario Outlaws again this summer? Yes, I'll have my own machine out this summer, and uh, I'm going to be racing my boy here. He says he's going to kick my butt, but uh, we'll have to. Nothing uh, wrong, father and son out there. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I hear you. That's got to feel good too. That uh, you know, you mentioned that your son's involved, but you didn't have to, you know push him along the way yeah. sometimes we want our kids to follow in our footsteps and we push too hard but he just kind of fell under that's going to make you feel i tried good. to steer him away right and it didn't work <laughs> yeah so no he's he actually kind of kept me into it because i was kind of getting out of it there for a little while and uh he never did quit he started when well he started racing when he was two oh, okay he was still wow. on his pull-ups <laughs> yeah, it had a little, uh, actually, a, um, a little junior machine that we built just to run around the backyard. Then okay. he, he started pulling up and past me when I was cutting the grass. Right. So I, I knew that was trouble right, right then. Right, right, right. But, yeah, 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 he's doing good. Well, we'll have to see the father versus son competition. Yeah, that will be one to promote. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's going to have some pretty good equipment, and uh, we should have some pretty, pretty quick machines. That's great. He's going to have a lot of good stuff there, too. So yeah, he's, he's pretty confident. Very good. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for inviting us into the shop here, and uh, great to meet you. Congratulations on your success in, in the racing world. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thanks. Very good. Thanks for watching, everybody. We're going to go back in the studio, wrap things up. We'll tell you how you can get a hold of Ryan and tell him a little bit more about you right now. Class, when it comes to the national stage here at Delaware, Ohio, on the Delaware County Fairgrounds, FXT starting lineup loaded with really big guns. Richard Webb, George Heron, William Campbell, Jim McCoola, Bruce, this is a brand new class and a first-time champ is about to be crowned. Absolutely, Jim. We've run it as an exhibition class before, but today all the marbles on the line, FX Twin. Factory Experimental Twin. You can see these are a lot different than the machines you saw earlier in our program. These boys are fast. Ryan Kerr, the bandit out of Petrolia, Ontario, Canada. Truly an international mowdown showdown here. Let's watch it. Ryan Kerr, your race leader. Running second is Richard Webb. Jason McCoola runs in third. Webb and Kerr are teammates. They don't look alike, but man, they sure are racing hard. One and two in the race. And they're in the final few corners here. With the weather, with the bales, nothing's going to stop Ryan Kerr from Toronto, Ontario, Canada to come home the victor here in the first ever Factor Experimental Twin National Championship race. All right. Well, I want to say thank you once again to uh, Ryan Kerr. Uh, they said Toronto, Ontario, Canada there. The Petrolia, Ontario, Canada. Thanks for being with me, Ryan. Uh, out in the shop there in Petrolia. And, and I'm not a mechanic guy, as most of you who know me know. But I really have an appreciation for uh, that kind of thing. And uh, it was fun to get out and, and race uh, this past summer. They get, let us uh, borrow a couple of the – we were doing about 35 miles an hour. Uh, that was fast enough for me. I'm okay. Jason, uh, my son, and I, we had a fun time going around the track there. And we're going to be back there, the Western Ontario Outlaws Racing. We're going to be broadcasting uh, all the races. But it's nothing like being there in person, so we're hoping you'll come out and support them. Uh, we'll have the dates for that as well. Ryan, thank you again. Congratulations on all your sex success again. And it's great to hear you're going to be racing again with the Western Ontario Outlaws. And who knows what else uh, is going to happen in that family with his son, uh, father, son, uh, taking each other on out there. There's going to be a special father and son event coming up out there in uh, August, uh, a little ways off. But we'll be talking about that. Maybe we can talk Ryan and his son into being a part of that. Thanks again, Ryan. Really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll be seeing you again real soon. All right. Well, uh, there's a new, uh, well, not a new, but uh, new to us. I'm glad that we're talking about it. It's uh, called the Central Forum, and it's a speaker series happening at St. Giles Presbyterian Church. And uh, my next guest, Alan McEwen, is going to talk superbugs and a new understanding of our body's bacteria. And is the antibiotic era, era coming to an end? New, new research on the surprising role of microbes in our bodies and how viruses 
Uh, well, you know what? I'm just going to let Alan McEwen. He's the expert on all of this. And it was a really interesting interview. And you'll get a chance to see him in the speaker series that's beginning in March again at St. Giles Church. But let's let him do all the explaining. Let's go back out into the community and talk with Alan McEwen. Well, this week on the show, we're going to talk uh, about microbes. What is that? Well, we've got one of the experts right here, and there's a special uh, speaker series coming up, Central Forum, that's ongoing, and uh, one of the speakers, Alan McEwen. Thanks for being here, Alan. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting topic, and just before we started this interview, uh, you sort of said that sometimes people are afraid of this kind of thing, and, and you're kind of hoping to... Uh, change some of that, but before we get into this topic, tell everybody who you are so they actually know that you, you know a little bit about what you're talking about. <laughs> right, well, um, I worked at the Well, they're a technological world, having troubles there, and I apologize for that. Um, so we'll have to put that interview up coming up a little bit later. Alan, if you're watching, I apologize. Um, a little bit later today, I'll have that interview out uh, for everyone to enjoy. So take the time to watch that. Really important, the Central Forum uh, speaker series coming up at St. Giles Church, and we're going to have all the information for that. Again, Alan, I apologize for that. Um, we will have that interview, I promise you, coming up just shortly. Uh, at the end of this uh, live broadcast, we'll go live again with that broadcast. So thanks uh, to my guest, Ryan Kerr, who was able to be here. And again, heads up, we'll have that uh, special interview with Alan McEwen coming up shortly after this live broadcast. We'll fix that all up. Again, sorry for that, Alan. And thanks to all of you for watching us here today. We do appreciate all of you, and we do appreciate many of our local supporters who are here as well. I want to say thanks to our friends, AG Event Graphics, askguide.ca is where you can find them, and our friends at Joe's Discount Tire. The snow is here. If you haven't got your winter tires yet, head on down to Joe's Discount Tire. Oswald's Diner, not just another diner, and also our friend Active Ears, where better hearing begins with you. Stay with us, everybody. We'll continue on with that interview coming up in just a few moments. But right now, that's all the time I got for you this week. Have a great week and an even better weekend. And I will see you next time right here on the show. Bye for now. <laughs>